0: Welcome to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony
1: Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And we're live today. We're taking your calls, 410-662-8780. Or email us, foremanwolf at wipr.org. And Cindy, we talked about a whole laundry list of goodies we wanted to get into today we want to hear from listeners on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We said, unsurprisingly, holiday cookies. Right.
1: Since I just made
0: some. Holiday traditions. (laughs) You know, like having a a little fat truffle slice on um, a little buttered crouton, a baguette toast from the pan for us on Christmas morning. And then, of course, holiday disasters. Like, if you need to, to vent about something that has happened to you <laughs> purely through no error of your own and <laughs> mm-hmm. you're cooking or preparation for a meal for the holidays, uh, feel free to give us a ring, 410-662-8780. And uh, remind me towards the end, we'll chime in with a few uh, champagne recommendations and sparkling mm-hmm. wine recommendations for the end of the year because okay. Lord knows we all need that. Yes. It's
1: time to celebrate.
0: So what kind of cookies did you make?
1: I made snickerdoodles. They're my favorite. and um, They're <coughs> holiday now?
0: Did you put Little Santas on them?
1: No, I just make them. Uh, I use a book called Great Cookies, and uh, her recipes are fantastic and um, very, very perfect. And her recommendations for method are fantastic as well. So um, I have been using her book for a couple of years now and her snickerdoodle recipe. I used to use my mom's Betty Crocker recipe and I like this one a little bit better, Uh, and it does ask for to use both butter and shortening, and I typically only use the butter.
0: Um, Yeah. (laughs) I am enormously surprised.
1: Right. I'm not really into C-R-I-S-C-O, and um, so I prefer that, but other than that, that's the only change I make to her recipe, and um, yes, it's it's that and then I uh, recently started making a pecan uh, maple cookie that she has in here oh my gosh they're so good and people have really enjoyed I, I you made fun of me earlier because I was making them like right after Thanksgiving
2: <laughs> but I've I wanted to try out a couple
1: of I <laughs> I wanted to try a couple of new recipes and uh, that's a really good one from her book as well and um, I can when we come back I can give the name of uh, the author um, and uh, but yeah so I'm going to do that and then I bought a kit um to make sugar cookies and so I could decorate them I haven't done that since I was a kid my mom was a very good home cook and or is I guess I should say mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> You know, we would always make those. I don't know if you got to have those when you were a kid, Tony, but the cream cheese pressed cookies through the little that press thing. Um, it had like a tube and a handle, and it had different plates you could put on it and make you know like Christmas trees and Santa clauses and tree Christmas trees, all kinds of. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun! And then we would you know put the colored sugar on them. And um, I I want to do something like that. Um, I'm going to do a, a pretty a, you know straightforward sugar cookie. Uh, dough recipe and um, press, uh, roll them out and press them, uh, cut them, and then color them. So I'm, I'm excited to do that um, probably tomorrow morning.
0: Yeah, my great grandmother was the the sugar cookie. That that is exclusively what she made for the holidays. She would make a million of them, and mm. our job, of course, was doing a lot of the decorating. Uh, my youngest brother, Clark, spent an awful lot of time just eating the dough. He would like put like one piece of something on something and then just eat a big, he would rip the top off the Christmas tree and eat it
1: (laughs) before it was cooked. (laughs) Oh, Clark, I can't wait to see you. Yeah, he
0: he was unrepentant too.
1: Oh, that's funny. I'm sure she didn't enjoy that at all. I'm surprised he didn't get smacked. There
0: there were a lot of cookies and I'm certain he got smacked.
1: (laughs) Um, I also like, and a lot of people make them and there's so many different recipes for Hawaiian wedding cakes and there are also a bunch of different names for them. And that was one of my favorites that my mom would make, um, with pecans in and, um, you know, all that powdered sugar on the outside, like, look like little snowballs. Um, and I, I might make some of those. Those were my father's favorite Christmas cookies and, uh, just sort of in honor of him, I may make a batch of those and give them out, uh, before Christmas day, but, um, And my mom made fruitcake, and we were talking about fruitcake and eggnog that my mom made when I was a kid. Um, You know, my parents rarely drank. And, uh, you know, if they had a party, my dad would entertain people from his company or something. And, you know, obviously they might have a cocktail or something. But I mean, there was, you know, there's just little drinking. So it was always surprising, quite frankly, when my mom would make eggnog and it would be full of bourbon. (laughs) I mean, like, full of bourbon. Like, wow. I don't know if that was like when she got her one, you know, time of the year, one chance to like <laughs> enjoy or you know, and then the, the fruitcake. Oh my gosh. I remember smelling that from the basement upstairs. It smelled so much like bourbon or whatever that was she put in there. I, I guess it was Jack <laughs> Daniels probably. Cause that's what, if my father drank anything, it was Jack Daniels. So, um, you know, we would have had that maybe a bottle in the house and, and Jack, um, yeah, Jack Daniels that was, some, was not a
0: sponsor of our program.
1: No, and that was a that was like a, a <laughs> wasted uh, a fruit cake that she was making. I mean, oh my god! And th- and then no one e- would eat it. Obviously, we weren't allowed to eat it as kids. <laughs>
0: I've got I've got a very quick eggnog story, and then oh we're gonna good, get to, we're going to get to our first caller. So, when I was probably ten, I, I, I took over the responsibility of making the eggnog. My great grandmother had left. Uh, she she communicated a recipe from her husband. Whose last name was Harrison, which was the famous Harrison family eggnog. And it was, hmm. it was um, different. Uh, I, I think it was just something to get your full attention. So it was a, a dozen eggs, six more whites, um, a little nutmeg, some sugar, an entire bottle you know, a fifth of rum oh uh, yeah, white rum. An entire fifth of, <laughs> at that time, cabin still bourbon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, uh, and, you know, you're you, you whipping all the, the egg whites and all that. So my mother had cream. did it have cream grape. in it,
1: Tony? Did it have cream it, it,
0: in it? It, it? it did. Okay. Just, just, just enough to keep it from being completely terrifying.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but, I mean, you could <laughs> smell it from, like, the third floor of the house. And my mother had this glass top coffee table. It was very low, and the, the eggnog was always on there at the holidays. And, oh, my God. The, so we had a, a poodle, and unsurprisingly for someone with, with my particular predilection, poodle's name was Cognac. So we, we'd gotten up <laughs> from the table. We, we went to the table oh, and no. had Christmas breakfast. Um, we came back, and we went into the living room, and the poodle was staggering around. He was shaking. <laughs> oh, And no. Clark starts to cry because oh, no. he definitely has to be sick and all this kind of business. And oh. then we looked at the eggnog. <laughs> and what he'd done was quite dangerous. But oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, please don't put your eggnog where your dog can get to it because he's going to drink it all. Oh. And he's going to be completely port- potted. Dog. But, yeah, he went and just lay down under the piano and went to sleep. Oh,
1: wow. Well. And did not wake up the next yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel bad, bad just
0: thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: right. Well, he was a big, he was a standard poodle. He was a big dog. So,
0: yeah. Wow. But, but at but, least but he, he wasn't a hold, little but, guy. Yeah, but he couldn't hold his liquor. Okay. <laughs> <Let's>,
1: <laughs> if you want to join the
0: conversation, give us a call, 410 662 8780. And let's go to Josh in Baltimore. Josh, how are you?
1: Hi, Josh. Well, thanks. How
3: are you? Good. That's
1: good. Happy holidays. Glad to
3: And to you, happy holidays. Thank you. Uh, And I'm thinking we wish you a Merry Christmas, because when I was growing up, I heard the Muppets sing, now bring us some figgy pudding. And I thought, yeah, right, because my dad always made it every year, still makes it every year. And he's the only person in the whole world I know who makes figgy pudding. And I don't know if his version is normal or weird, and I don't even know what tradition it comes out of. But uh, his involves uh, a little mixing bowl full of oats and butter and brown sugar and golden raisins and some other stuff. And mm-hmm. it gets sealed up with foil and boiled in a water bath for a couple of hours. And I, I love it. But whenever I try to share it with someone else, someone else will say, I, I think I like it, but it might be gross. <laughs> I,
0: I have two questions for you, Josh. They, they, these yeah. are important. One, <laughs> boiled for a couple of hours? Oh, <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> okay, One, and that, that's, that's, that's an open-ended question. You know, that's just something yeah. to think about. Uh-huh. And two is some other stuff. Any ideas on what the other stuff might be that would make the the figgy pudding survive for a couple of hours
3: in
1: the uh, uh, in the boiling in, in situation boiling in the foil? Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: it's it, it, it's a it's a very low simmer for uh, the the you know simmered in a water bath for an hour and a half or so for real. And yeah. uh, I think there's eggs in it, but I don't have the recipe in front of me. I just wanted to know like. Does that sound like Figgy Pudding
1: to you? <laughs> I don't I personally don't know uh anything other than the song. I don't oh, know no. what Figgy okay. Pudding is, so yeah. hopefully someone out there is listening, they know what Figgy Pudding yeah. is. Nope. My That's dad the, is if,
3: authenticated if, by if, default. His is the his is the real <laughs> version. If, if
1: we can, if <laughs> we, can we can get a call in from a a
0: British chef perhaps, <laughs> he can help us out. 410-662-8780. <laughs> Please explain Figgy Pudding. Well, in, in if you find someone else accent. who makes
3: it, you should try it. It might be gross, but I love it. Oh, uh,
1: that's awesome. Thank uh, that's, you, Josh. That's
0: just great, Josh. I hope you're, that you, you're super again, cool. love your dad's figgy pudding this year.
3: I'm going to make it again this year.
0: Awesome.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks. Happy holidays. Thank you. That was Bye. fun.
0: <laughs> that was great.
1: <laughs> that was great.
0: That's, you, you know what you want to be smelling right now? It's a weird thing, thing to say on the
1: radio. What? My ki- My kitchen. Oh no, you wanna smell mine. It nah. smells like snickerdoodles. What's your smell like? It smells like the lunch
0: that I'm gonna to have to, I've been, I'm smelling now and I'm gonna to have to wait until the program is over to finish. So I prepared a lot of things to make a very wintry pasta, because mm. pasta brunch, that's the big Sunday staple with my, my girls. It's nice. And yeah, and, and they're uh, little batonet roasted beets and carrots and uh, blanched cauliflower. And then I have sweated leeks and, and uh, well, first there's duck bacon in the pan, uh, browned, with, and then with a little bit of duck fat, and then brown cipollinis, and then add leeks and shallots, sweat them, uh, fresh thyme, uh, slow roast some mushrooms for a while, add some stock, cook that down till almost dry. And uh, it's just waiting for the, the pasta and the veggies to uh, join the party. That sounds delicious. Yeah, and I may even sneak in some butter in honor of you.
1: Oh well, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that yeah, sounds great. but for, for uh, tagliatelle. So.
1: Mm. Did you make the pasta? You I did not this home. morning.
0: I did not this morning. Yeah, that's it's, nice. Uh, I, I I cheated and and grabbed some from Pedro.
1: Why not?
0: Who's our marvelous? Por no? pasta master. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're talking holiday foods, holiday traditions, holiday disasters, holiday cookies, uh, maybe a little holiday bubbles. Um, give us a ring 410-662-8780 or email us foremanwolf at org, And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman.
1: And Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And we're live today. We're taking your calls on Christmas disasters, uh, holiday cooking, holiday traditions, uh, holiday cookies, um, holiday stories. Please give us give us a ring and share, 410-662-8780. Or email us, foremanwolf at wypr.org. Oh, and Cindy, the pasta I described, I've got a bunch of mature Barbaresco in the cellar. Mm. And then one of those is going to have to trot out. So, Delicious.
1: Sounds good. That's, yeah. That's, nice that's Sunday. That's
0: tormented myself by doing the prep before the program. <laughs> and then i to sit here and smell it.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: let's go to Hannah and Moncton. Hannah, Hi, how Hannah. are you?
4: Hello. Can you hear
0: me? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes.
4: Okay, so my husband starts
5: in September making his fruitcakes and he candies all his grapefruit, and fresh orange peel, and adds nuts, and on and on and on, and feeds it liquor. And during the pandemic, he forgot to feed his fruitcake. And so about nine months later, he opened it up, and he started yelling, who put a meatloaf in my fruitcake pan? Oh. <laughs> oh. And to oh, day, he
1: still thinks <laughs> I put a
5: meatloaf in there.
1: It was just disgusting. Yeah, bad, bad surprise. Wow. Yikes. <laughs> oh, man.
0: The <laughs> pandemic he- has affected everyone. It's even affected <laughs> the fruitcake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Thanks. Want- Thanks for sharing that.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you. I hope the fruitcake works Thank out you. this year. Thank you. Of course. Uh, hmm. By the way, fruit cake is... People like the idea of dessert wines. They don't always know exactly what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, what to do with really the the late, late harvest Riesling, Berenaschlezes and Trockenberenaschlezes, that sort of thing, is fruitcake. That slightly boozy, you know... Sweet and a tiny bit bitter. Uh, that does incredibly well with those rieslings. Okay.
1: Good.
0: So, was it was there anything at, at the holidays that your family made that you kind of couldn't wait to get to the other side of when it was just your holiday? Huh. Was Was there a something that you're always?
1: Um. You know, I never like. Eh, I, oh. When I was a kid, I never liked the green bean casserole, and my mom always made it. So that was really, and I, I you know, I hated onions when I was a child. And so those crispy onion things that were on top, oh my gosh, I, w- I was just like, really, I can't eat those things. So yeah, that was the thing I was most scared of. And also, we always had peas, which of course I hated as well. So yeah, I mean, it really is kind of amazing that I ended up being a chef. I hated so much food when I was a kid. I'm just thinking we should do a live program sometime on
0: all the food that you hated mm-hmm. as a child and <laughs> oh, have tried gee. to get over. Gosh, that would be so fascinating of, for I can everyone, think of I'm no sure. One, I can think of no one that I've <laughs> ever met in my entire life that didn't like this, didn't like that, didn't like And I've watched you because we've known each other a long time.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I've watched you slowly get over olives and slowly get over cilantro. Uh, yeah, a long and, and, time And you ago. love both. Right. And, right, and slowly get over yet. ginger. And that's been more recent. Well, that but, was more
1: yes, I yeah. yes. Well, ginger I mean, has to be used in a certain way. I mean, it's like a lot of things. I mean, if you just Oh it blow it out with in gi- its sight. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like horseradish. I mean, if you know, if you use if you use the right amount of horseradish oh, it's like anything really when you're cooking, but things with really it, rosemary. I love rosemary, but if there's too much, it's something is ruined. I mean, Uh, That is the whole thing with cooking is understanding the products that you're working with, what goes with what, and how much of it do you put in there? I mean, that was, I remember my very first question I asked my sous chef when I did my apprenticeship when I was 19 years old in Charleston, South Carolina, and it was because she was making a soup. And I said, chef, how do you know what to, what seasonings to put in there? What spices, what herbs? and she that's what she said you know it's a process you just begin to understand as your palate develops and you, the more you cook the more you understand what spices go work with what and you know it's it's all a learning process obviously and and mm-hmm. Cindy I've got a figgy pudding alert Oh good all right
0: So our, our our listeners and their generosity are going to solve our problems Yes Let's let's bring I love Bridget, our listeners. let's bring Bridget on the air from Baltimore Bridget how are you
1: Hi Bridget Good, good. how are you guys Okay. Great.
5: Um, I've been making, uh, I got curious about plum pudding and figgy pudding years ago, so I started looking into it and decided I would make it, and it's it's kind of like you're making almost a mincemeat, you're using a lot of dried fruit, they called for the candied fruit, and did like that, my mom used to make that in the fruitcake, or put it in the fruitcake, so I started going for dried fruit and nuts, and uh, they used to make it with suet, and I make it with butter, I don't buy suet, but... We end up uh, mixing it all up. You put it in a either a Pyrex or a steel bowl, and um, you steam it for like eight hours. So you're dangling it in that in that water just up to the the line of the mold, and then you're um, you're just letting the, you're feeding that steaming pot for all day, and mm-hmm. then you make a hard sauce and you um, turn the thing out and put some booze on it, set it on fire. You know, you
1: have your little piece of holly. <laughs> and uh, it's looking great. <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. So it's it's only dried fruit and suet? There's nothing well, else in it, there?
5: It, no, it's got flour. It's got butter. Oh, it's got eggs. Okay. It's, it's okay. almost like a fruit cake. But
0: okay. um, yeah. but A fruitcake that's steamed and then coated with alcohol oh, God, I'm and sorry, but set that on sounds, fire.
1: <laughs> it sounds gross. Uh, I, I, is it good? No. Do you like it? Oh, I love it. I absolutely oh, right. love it. Awesome. I
5: like it okay. better than fruitcake. It's really okay. pretty great. I mean, it's, it's you know, the English steamed all those puddings and everything. So yeah. right. it's not really a pudding. It's really more of a cake
1: mm-hmm. okay.
5: consistency, but almost like a fruitcake. It just doesn't have all that candied fruit in it and whatnot. And I okay. kind of put together the the recipe from a couple of things and started putting in like, Really nice those big dried tart cherries and things like that. Yeah, so it has a richness to it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and almonds and and you know taking out the um, the more processed. Well, I mean that's processed, but I I didn't buy the candy fruit. I don't like the stuff that's
1: you know turn colors and right. green. I'm with you on that. Totally agree yeah. with you on that. That sounds good. Okay, cool. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that. Bridget, hey, no I problem.
0: think I will. I will always remember your tone saying put some alcohol on it and set it on fire.
5: Well, actually I live two doors down from Peter Keck, which who you guys know oh. well. <laughs> so yeah. we're we're pals when it comes to butter.
0: Yeah, he's he's the other person I know that would say put some alcohol on it and set it on fire. So just yeah,
1: ideal. <laughs> <laughs> happy that's holidays. Awesome. Thank you. you yes, happy,
0: happy holidays. Oh my, let's go to let's go to Kenzie in Baltimore.
2: Hi, Kenzie. He has,
0: a, I think, a small disaster story for Hi, you. Oh, good. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, great. Um, I I tried to make my grandmother's traditional Jamaican black Christmas cake. And um, I got preface this. I'm a chef, but I'm not a baker. And Jamaica's famous for two things, sugar and rum. Mm-hmm. So this is a really drunken mm-hmm. cake to <laughs> um,
1: so I decided
2: I'd i take some shortcuts and I was going to use a boxed cake and the fruit you, has been soaking in, in liquor for a year and you get it all blended up in there. But the cake never really has a great crumb to it. It's almost mm-hmm. like a English, it almost has like an English pudding type consistency. So after I'd done the cake and I'd, and I soaked it, I thought the top just didn't have the kind of, um, Feel that I wanted, so I was going to stick it under the broiler for a few Ooh. minutes and with a little sugar, sugar on top, caramelized, and get that done. So I do that. I turn around to wash some stuff up, and the whole oven's on fire. Oh. it's a whole <laughs> new it's a whole new take on put some liquor in it and set it on fire. <laughs> I'm, <And> just, I'm <laughs> sure you're
0: just like
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh, gosh. Oh, wow. you bought oh, cake wow.
2: soaked up that much liquor. <laughs> um, but I swore I was going to take that secret to my grave
1: oh no yeah, thank you for sharing it, we appreciate that, it yeah. <laughs> oh, <hopefully laughs> this. You're, you're brave, kind
0: and dangerous thank
1: Yeah, you apparently all. you're not coming oh, over my to my goodness.
0: house <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, happy, holidays, right. happy holidays
1: <laughs> Kenzie happy holidays don't do man. that
0: this year yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh man that's awesome I love kitchen disaster stories Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm Ooh, happy to hear,
0: like, nice holiday stories,
1: Oh well, nice sure.
0: traditions, <laughs> the miraculous secret, you know, walnut uh, <laughs> holiday cake or something that, sure. you know, someone's English grandmother made that was not boiled, you know, or...
1: Oh, yeah, boiled. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Tony, have I, you ever had a disaster in your kitchen? No, I, just well, bad,
0: de- just bad decision making. I was going to say I can think of one, but <laughs> what that, no, please tell a story on me. What was disaster? What, is this?
1: No. Oh, you? Yes. I mean, um, I've, set, well, I've set
0: off no end of smoke alarms.
1: Yes, that's, that's mostly sure. it for me. I have really. I'd, never, I'd like
0: I'd like to sear at high heat. Yes, I tend to sear yes, large things. You do. Yes, in heavy pots.
1: And God and help the person sufficient. that has to clean that pot that you just seared that in because it's going to take like an hour to clean that pan because you, I, you, you annihilate things. I, I don't even know how your food isn't burned. It's like to the point of just before charcoal cooking. I mean, it's like, wow. I, do you like my cooking? Yes, Okay. Very much, Thank but you. I don't like did, cleaning did, the pans did, that you did, use afterwards. Did, did you enjoy? <laughs> I don't have to do that anymore, so it doesn't really matter. D-
0: during COVID, Christmas I dropped you a little. Um, yes, you did. Uh, uh, did you enjoy that dish? Oh, I loved it. Yes, there was because- the, there was a large pan and a large fire and big searing that went on
1: with that. Oh,
3: so wow. and it did well, it set did off it the smoke tastes alarm. Tastes
1: like it. Yeah, well, that's no. the thing. You know, it's the smoke alarms going off all the time and the. No smoke in the house and you're about to have guests over it's kind of kind of exciting part of the party planning thing you know i i
0: I, I like you know i I like to be on on the edge you like to sear edge of danger yeah
1: tony's the searer
0: no i just want to be on the edge of danger it's an action movie when i'm cooking
1: i'm trying to think (laughs) you know the only the only thing i can think of off the top of my head. I mean, at this point in my life, like I'm trying to think of something that I would have done when I first started cooking, but um, was that ironically, of all the things in the world, and I have said this before, but I'll say it again, your niece was at my house, and I was teaching her, Catherine, how to make souffle, and we had that earthquake. Like, what was it, nine years ago or something? Whenever it was. In 2012. Yeah. That that was just, I'm like, uh, seriously, of all things in this world, <laughs> that would happen when we're doing that? That's like just absolutely absurd and almost hard to believe that that's a true story. But yeah, that was kind of crazy. But
0: When that earthquake happened, I have a very distinct memory of it. I was having lunch with Carly, who was my assistant at the time, and a wonderful person. And we were drinking a birth year Borolo from Marcarini, the Brunate, uh, 1985, at
1: lunch, not your and birth year. No, no. no. <laughs> Stop okay. it. Okay, Carly's. No, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, we're we we're, we're drinking that to celebrate her birthday, and and having a sort of a posh lunch, and the earth starts to shake, <laughs> and she looks at me, and I'm like, just lean against the wall and grab the wine. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> if this building's gonna follow me. I'm going to drink this because it's great.
1: That's right. Lean against the wall and (laughs) the wine. (laughs) So so
0: Deidre is going to straighten us out. Okay, good. Um, Deirdre from Frederick. So please admonish us.
1: Go Go ahead, Deirdre. Deirdre.
4: Uh, uh, there. All right. Um, Also being a a descendant from the Irish, plum pudding has always been a big thing at my house at Christmas. Um, I think it tastes best with beef suet, to be honest. Uh, it does give it a certain creaminess. Um, I have recipes that go back to my mother's wedding cookbook from 1950 from Good Housekeeping, and I just picked up another recipe from Southern Living from two years ago. So I don't think it's um, all that in the, the ancient past. But keep in mind that um, where it came from, ovens were not common. My grandmother did not have an oven till she came to America in 1920. So for me, um, I love plum pudding. I like it with candied fruit. I like it with, with uh, dried fruit. I don't flambe it like my mother. I lack the nerve. But um, <laughs> I think it's a wonderful dish. We don't we don't boil it to um death, I think only in maybe an hour or two. But it is a a cake that has sugars and flour and eggs and usually a tot of whiskey.
0: Hmm. Well, that's awesome. that's that's great, Deodre. And <laughs> Thank and, you. and we're playing. We're not we're just neither one of us has ever made it. And
4: it's Well yeah, you, far, you should give it, it a give it a try. Don't be so uh scared of um <laughs> of pudding.
0: Yeah, no, well, it's, I'm, I'm going right. to let Cindy go first.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm definitely going to. Uh, I'll find a good recipe, and I would love to try it. Thank you for sharing that.
4: Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas Thanks, to Sandra. you. It's interesting. She was talking about the fact that her mom didn't have an oven. I mean, it's just amazing how people used to cook, you know, what they had to deal with and with the wood-burning Stoves and everything, and maintaining that fire, and just you know, being able to manipulate the heat to cook things. And gosh, I mean, what a challenge to cook that way. So that's that's fascinating. It was a really really interesting point she made.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny you hear that, and immediately you think about okay, so you're building a fire, like are you literally steam something over a kettle of boiling water over mm-hmm. a fire? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that would have a flavor influence as well, just to smoke. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what, what what do you think is the perfect, like it's, it's the big holiday, it's the gathering. What is your perfect main course? I, you know,
1: you, uh, from a cooking standpoint... Uh, you know, I'm having a small Christmas party at my house tomorrow. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't have anyone to help me. I have to do, you know, all the dishes. I mean, you know, I'm going to have to do everything myself. We're so busy at the restaurant. I mean, normally if I had a decent sized party, I would have someone from the restaurant, one of the servers come and help me, um, you know, at least do some of the dishes and things and, um, and help me serve a little bit. But I, So what I'm going to do is I'm absolutely having a soup because, one, I like making soup. It's one of my favorite things to make. Um, And I am going to make a version of our lobster soup. And, um, you know, just I believe that in order for the cook to enjoy themselves, you have to make it as much ahead as possible. That is the whole key to any... I mean, you know, that's how my mom worked when we would have family holidays, Um, You know, and I mean like the day before, not, you know, as much as possible. She was very organized as a cook. She was a very organized person in general, very clean, very, you know, sanitary oriented, all that stuff, always concerned about all aspects of what she was doing when she was preparing food and balance as well. So, you know, I, I think having something as, as good as a, just a delicious soup on a cold day is wonderful. Um, you know, making sure you don't forget the bread, which is what I always do. I, you know, I'm not, I I love bread, but I really don't care if I have it with my food. I'm much more concerned about having the food right. And so don't forget some of the details, like making sure you have olive oil for bread service or butter for bread service. Um, but getting back to making things, uh, easier for yourself. Um, I'm going to braise short ribs for tomorrow. And, um, you know, they've become, they've gotten very expensive. So it's a it's a decision, you know, there are other things you can braise. And that's the great thing about braising is that you are typically working with an, a less expensive cut of meat. It's just hard right now because even those cuts of meat are expensive now. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, my, it's, my,
0: my big pet, if you can get it, is a lamb neck.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Or lamb shoulder or pork pork shoulder, all of those yeah. things are, you know, well, I, I mean, I bought ground lamb the other day for employee meal. I bought 20 pounds of ground lamb and it cost, I, I, when it came in, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I mean, it's just, it, everything is so expensive. So anyway, um, but what it comes down to is, is having things, you know, particularly because Christmas is in the wintertime or um, New Year's Eve is in the wintertime, it, it does lend itself to braised foods and soups. Um, so that's what's going to make it easier for me tomorrow. And also, I'm going to have a cold, one cold course, so that that you know is something I can finish. I'm, I'm going to do a, a big green salad with truffle vinaigrette because that's going to be my, you know, one really fancy part of the dinner. Mm. And, um, you know, that's going to be refreshing and that's going to lend balance to the meal because the soup's going to be rich ultimately uh, with cream in it. And then the short rib dish will be rich. Um, I'm going to make potato gratin, which is one of my favorite things in this world to eat. I was going to do lamb rack, lamb racks and I, I just decided that I don't want to deal with the temperature, um, you know, no, because I want... Just
0: that, that, that's work yeah. at the end.
1: Yeah. So it's just, that's, that's how I do something... In order to make it easier so that I can, you know, begin to enjoy myself. Because I, I, I don't want to be the entire time in the kitchen and, um, you know, either do you. Uh, you know, when you're entertaining, no. you want to be with people. And, um, you know, that's, that's the solution. And also, you know, I'm not going to plate the food for them. Normally when I have a party, I would plate all the food in the kitchen. No, I'm I'm going to have the short ribs in the pot on the stove. I'm going to have the gratin sitting on go. top of the stove. And yeah, I'm going to, you know, hey, here's your plate. You know, obviously the table would be set, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it just like my mother would have done it for the family. And um, these people are very close to me, so that's appropriate. You know, it's not some fancy dinner party. These are the people that I care the most about in Baltimore right now. And, you know... That's I'm going to act just like I would as if they were my family. That's great. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward That's to it. That's
0: great. Well, we're going to spend some more time on the holiday food traditions. Maybe another, I cannot believe the story about the, the cake and setting the <laughs> oven on fire. <laughs> uh, more holiday disasters. Uh, remind me to talk about bubbles for a minute before we sure. get done. And when we get back, we've got a caller to take care of on Formula Wolf on Food & Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And we're live today. You can join us, 410-662-8780. We're talking holiday food, holiday traditions. We've had some chatter about kitchen disasters and and cookies and lots of eggnog uh, and figgy pudding, pudding, of course. But let's go back to eggnog with Angela in West Baltimore. Angela, how are you?
1: Hi, Angela.
6: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: Good, thank you. Really well.
6: Awesome. So one of my friends um, who was from Puerto Rico, she last year made um, coquico, coquito for um, some friends but neglected her vegan friends. So this year she prioritized us, and um, she she said it includes um, coconut milk, condensed coconut milk, um, coconut or cream of coconut. And some other spices and ingredients, she gave me the recipe, and it is amazing. Um, mm. And she said, you can put as much rum in it as you like, and I think she just <laughs> kind of uh, turned her head and just started pouring, because <laughs> it definitely had a kick. Um, <laughs> and it's really, really, I mean, it's so thick. You can eat it like a dessert. Um, you can scoop it out. So I've been doing that here and there, but I'm wondering how I can loosen it up a, a little bit to actually share it with my mom as a beverage instead of almost like a pudding.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Coconut milk is pretty thin. Um, are, how, where's the thickness coming from? It's, it's got to be the maybe condensed. It's coming
6: from the condensed coconut milk and the okay. coconut cream.
1: Yeah. Okay, so maybe just back off on that and move more towards the coconut milk because that, yeah, I mean, that's almost, it's just a little thicker than water and consistency. Mm-hmm. So I, I would move in that direction because you, you have the same flavors in the two things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and that should l- lighten it up for you. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other flavor that you could add, you know, Thomas like vanilla.
0: You could just add more
1: rum. <laughs> I
0: like the way you think. Good night, mom. Good night.
1: (laughs) Does it have vanilla in it? It does. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Maybe a little water with the vanilla, and you know, too, that might help to thin it out a bit. But that sounds delicious. I love coconut milk, so that that's a great idea. And uh, it's
6: fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. Okay,
1: thank you for you. Thanks, Angela.
0: Happy holidays. Same to
1: you. Mm, Thank you.
0: That's a very cool thought.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that. Ooh, now I'm going to want that. coconut
0: and rum things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Coconut. Oh, what a great, what a great little truffle! You know, little little chocolate bonbon. That would be good. Filled with coconut and rum. Now you yeah. know what's now you know what's getting me for Christmas.
1: Okay, I make a coconut uh, dipping sauce for shrimp beignets that have crushed c- dried coconut on the outside of them. And uh, it has a habanero pepper, the coconut milk. I cook it down with a little bit of onion, shallot, and uh, carrots and the habanero. And uh, add a tiny bit of ginger and strain it after it's done. And it's nice and thick. And it, uh, it's awesome with the shrimp with the coconut on the outside of it, dipped in it.
0: Yeah, that just wants a little bit of rosé champagne. That sounds nice. I think Cindy mostly wants a little bit of rosé champagne.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I have to go to work today, so that's not yeah. going to work out too well.
0: <laughs> that's Yeah, same here. I, I'm only going to get a half class of that by Barresco. Mm. Um, but you can join the conversation, 410-662-8780, or email us, foremanwolf at wypr.org. And, uh, yeah, that's... at least you got one high quality disaster there Mm -hmm. that I'm just I'm just imagining the 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 boozy cake out of the broiler Mm -hmm.
1: I'm trying to think you know I can't think of my mom ever having too much of problems growing up but I I do know there were a couple of things that got burned and and that's probably you know more mother distraction than anything but um you know, it's it's a little bit like <clears throat> the Thanksgiving we had at at the restaurant several years ago, where the ovens went down while we were cooking the turkeys. And I'm just like, you, seriously, you have to be kidding me! I have yeah, twenty you, some you, turkeys to you, cook, you, and the ovens you, are going to break now.
0: Make, yeah, you can't make no, that
1: up. You can't make that up. That's just like that is one. Of, that's the worst. You know, not our fault, but uh, that's the worst professional disaster I can think of that's happened so far. I prefer that doesn't ever happen again. It's nice. Right. To get them I mean, I hope fixed
0: it- and just and just cook them all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: So champagne. You were going to talk about champagne. Uh, well, well, some yeah. Fun I mean, stuff that's
0: to- uh, just a, a quick little primer because we're in the time of the year when you think about that. It's nice to have for, you know, for, for a holiday with family. It's nice to have uh, through the end of the year gatherings with friends. It's it's also frankly, it is a whole lot less work than cocktails. And one thing, yeah. it, honestly, I, I always tell staff this, but I mean, that, just to tell listeners, when you have a glass of really good bubbles in your hand, you, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm on a little bit of vacation right now. This is like genuine time mm-hmm. off. This is genuine celebration time, relaxation time, you know, sharing something special. Right. So don't underestimate the power of, of sparkling wine. Champagne is the place... That the world's most famous sparkling wine comes from. Uh, the Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Pinot Monier are the grapes grown there, and uh, and that and there's an array of one of the coolest things right now, and, and a lot of houses don't have a huge amount with the shipping problems and the supply chain problems that that there's not a all of the popular growers are, are not just sitting in the market. Um, that being said, there are some small growers that are in the market. So if there's champagne from someone you've never heard of, maybe talk to someone in the shop that you go to find out about it. There's a lot of really high quality, small grower champagne, uh, available right now. You've heard me talk about Gonet Medville before.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Pierre Peters is excellent. Um, Lilbert, Guy Lamondier, um, that, 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 there are lots and lots. Um, but some of the some of the, the houses that are a little bit bigger that are excellent: Delamotte, Gosse, um, the superb growers, and and you know not the names you hear every day, but really superb. And and you're not gonna, no one's gonna be upset with you if you put a bottle of Bollinger in front of them. No. Um, and also, really, really, there's there's a reason it's a ubiquitous like host gift at this time of the year. Um, but those are always going to be the most complex, most aromatically complex, and probably food flexible of any of the, of the sparkling that's out there. They get the best values, I think. There are a few, um, there are a few prosecco that are excellent values. Uh, Nino Franco is probably the best of those. Maybe Zardetto of the big producers. Uh, there's a producer of. Uh, Cava, or what they like, what they prefer to call Conca now, in Spain, uh, Reventos that is excellent. That is mm. in a lot of the market. And then, one thing I look for a lot are some of the sparkling wines from other parts of France uh, that are called Cayman, Cremant. And there are some from Alsace that are excellent, uh, like Sipmac. Um, there are some from the, the Jura there's some from uh, the Loire. I'm very fond of the ones from Alsace and the Jura in particular, so I would say look, look for those. The quality level in those is super high for the price, especially in Alsace so
1: there's I have a, I have a question for you, Tony. so mm-hmm. uh, I cut into a new piece of Stilton yesterday for our cheese cart, and I know Stilton is very uh, typical this time of year. it's prized during Christmas time and it, I have tasted a lot of Stilton in my work life, and this is the best piece of Stilton ever. And um, I was just telling the waiters, I'm just like, gosh, this is this is this is this was the perfect situation. The cattle were the cows were drinking, drinking. <laughs> the cows were drinking. Oh my gosh! Well, it's the holiday well, for the cows too. <laughs> what I meant to say was the cows are, you know up in the fields and up in the highlands or wherever and having a heck of a time because when that milk that they produced has made just a remarkable piece of cheese. And I buy Colson's uh, bassett's uh, Stilton and it, it, it's just gorgeous. So what do you really, like, what's your favorite thing? I know port is traditional in, in England, but what's your favorite thing to drink with Stilton? Far,
0: far, far and away Sautern, hmm. Um Think about Stilton. It's fatty, salty, very mm-hmm. intense flavor, right? Right, right. Um, and has that little spicy thing from being a blue. There's a Sauternes. Uh, there's plenty of sugar. And Sauternes from the Bordeaux region of France, right? Uh, or Barsac, either way, same, same difference. They're excellent producers in both. Um, sweet alcohol has presence. It's not 20% like port. It's usually more like 12 Mm. Uh, But the alcohol, it's sweet. And there's really good acidity. And the time it spends aging in oak barrels uh, gives it a certain vanilla character. And it's really, really attractive
1: together. That's great. So I was thinking about making eggnog ice cream for my party tomorrow. What would you drink with that? Since it's going to already have whiskey in it. I don't know what to serve with it. Would that be champagne? Champagne. Or would you, that be weird? You,
0: you could. I think it wouldn't be sweet enough to carry it. Okay. That that that's kind of the trick. The sweet wine, like if it's a if it's some kind of fluffy cake, you can have a glass of champagne with it, and it's kind of refreshing.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: especially if you have one that's a little bit a, a, that's a little bit off dry or like really bright and charming and young. Um, I'd rather have uh, German or Austrian sweet wine, uh, late harvest. Uh, like I mentioned before, Barinashleze, Um I wouldn't mind some of the passito that you, that you see in Italy. If you can find a, a suave passito okay. uh, made from dried grapes, that might be excellent. There's also a bunch of obscure ones from various Italian islands that are excellent. That's that's kind of a fun thing to look for. And
1: um, what about if, it,
0: the other thing I would throw out mm-hmm. there is is the the much sweeter Sherry's.
1: Okay.
0: You know, that that's that's something to like investigate.
1: which
0: one would you say? Oh, yeah, that's, there are like 40 and okay, I'm not going right. to. Okay. You're going to have to ask someone in the shop about that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to run out of time. And we need to, uh, this is probably our last pro- live program of the year. We should take a few moments, one, and thank our amazing engineer, producer, yes. um, teacher, leader, all around keep us out of trouble person, Luke Spignall. <laughs> Thank who you, Luke. Is amazing and we've been with him for we a number of years. And we're grateful for it. One, first and foremost. Um, second, if you want to correspond with us, it's formerwolf at org. If you want to listen to this program or any of the others we've recorded for any number of years now, because I think it's, good Lord, it's like ten years. Uh, go to the WIPR.org website, look for the Foreman Wolf page, and there's a big long list of uh, programs there with guidance and foolishness on food and wine. And if you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media,
1: you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook as Chef Wolf.
0: And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's The Real Tony Foreman. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Happy holidays.
0: Happy Holidays.